0: From beautiful downtown Milheim, in the smack dab center of the Keystone State, this is Lou Bryson, with Seen Through a Glass, the podcast that's mostly about food and drink in central Pennsylvania. Welcome to episode 33, The Friday Fish Fry. I grew up in rural Lancaster County in a deeply homogenous area. My school district was 99% white, probably 90% Republican, and 99% Protestant. I think there were maybe three Catholic families in the whole three-township district. I say this by way of explaining that the Friday fish fry was a discovery I only made in my mid-twenties. My college dining hall usually had a fish or vegetarian option on Fridays and always during Lent, but it never really made a big impact on me until I moved to Kentucky. Suddenly, I was dropped in the middle of a Catholic-majority area and there were fish fries and 50-50 raffles and bean dinners. I was astonished. Here was this whole widespread subculture I knew nothing about. And they had great food. Well, usually great food. I soon discovered that while some fish fries were excellent, with crisply breaded cod or haddock, with lemon slices and freshly concocted tartar sauce, hand cut fries or potato salad, and homemade desserts to make you swoon. Some fish fries were drearily perfunctory, warmed-up frozen fish fillets and crinkle-cut potato shapes with a styrofoam cup of applesauce and a couple store-bought cookies. I reacted, as I have to similar situations, since I was quite young. I got picky, and as my tastes matured—it sounds so much better than calcified—I didn't let my friends eat at junk fish fries either, which is why I really wanted to do this episode. Fish fries, as much as good beer— are where I cut my teeth as a critic and a discoverer of good stuff. We're really going back to my roots here. And we're going to get to it. But first, here's what I'm drinking today. Ah. Today, I'm drinking Powder Charge Imperial Dark IPA from The Ways Restaurant and Brewery in Glenside, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's another small distribution beer. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can only get it at The Ways. But it's a dark, hazy IPA, and I couldn't resist talking about that. I got this beer when we taped an episode of What's Brewing PA at the Ways recently. That episode will air on March 2nd and be available on YouTube shortly afterwards. We did some fun stuff, predicting how the National League yeast will pan out based on beers from the team's cities, but we also got into the beers at the Ways, and Powder Charge fascinated me. I mean, a dark hazy? How can you tell? The thing is, in a proper hazy IPA, the haze is a side effect. The real thing is the aroma and flavor. I'm actually planning an episode on hazy IPAs, and we'll talk more then. But for now, let's taste Powder Charge Imperial Dark at 8.0% from the Waze in Glenside, Pennsylvania. It is dark. It's practically black. I'm holding it up to the screen here. And there's a bit of brown, mostly it's black though. Uh, some nice tan foam on the top. I'm drinking this from a, uh, a glass dimple mug, so it's a, a fairly f- like uh, deep pour. and Not a lot of light getting through, well there's no light getting through. <laughs> so, smell. A lot of fruitiness there. Melon, some sweet citrus, and some of the roasted malts too. It's almost like a um, like a fruity coffee or chocolate. Let's taste it, and that's exactly what you taste. This almost reminds me of the uh, fall apart chocolate oranges you you see at Christmas, or at least we do. I go to wild lengths to get them for our family, but they're these chocolate oranges that you take and they're wrapped in foil, and you whack them sharply against a table, and they fall apart into segments, and you eat this. RNG chocolate and it tastes a lot like this mm. not terribly bitter really good fruitiness malt's good you know it's weird but it's good the other beers we had were good as well if you're in anywhere near the area i know glenside's a little bit out of the way uh but if you're down there for a, a show at the glenside theater or the keswick theater excuse me If you're going down 309 off the turnpike, it's a good stop. The beer's good. So that's my drink for today, and I'm going to finish it after the show. Now, before we get to the fish fry news that I know you're waiting for, I do finally have some solid show news for you. I've been hinting at a sponsor for the show for over a month, and I apologize for being vague. I probably should have waited until it was crossed and dotted, but I was excited now I can tell you that our first scene Through a Glass sponsor is the Happy Valley Adventure Bureau, Center County's Tourism Information Center. Every episode, I'll be doing a short bit on a Center County business or event that I'm calling Smack Dab in the Center. I'll select the subject, I'll write it, nobody tells me what to write. HVAB was hundred percent on board with that. This is going to be a good thing for me, for the HVAB and for you, because you get more central PA stuff. More importantly, it's a start at making this self-supporting, so I can continue to bring you even more Central PA food and drink stories. (laughs) Win-win-winity-win. Here's your first smack dab in the center, sponsored by the Happy Valley Adventure Bureau. Have you heard about the Happy Valley Brewers Fest yet? Big beer festivals return to Center County on May 11th, and it's a really big venue. None bigger. Beaver Stadium. And it's on the field. That's right. You enter this festival through the South Tunnel, just like the Nittany Lions. But instead of tackling opponents, you'll be tackling a choice of beers from as many as 75 breweries. There will be central PA favorites like Anti-Fragile and Trogues, well-known PA breweries like Dancing Gnome, Warwick Farm, and Hidden River, plus some select out-of-staters like Dewey Beer and Prison City. There will be food vendors, live entertainment, and lots of chances to talk to brewers while tasting beers from the cutting edge of small brewery innovation. Sign up for advanced ticket information now at HoppyValleyBrewersFest.com. That's Hoppy Valley, H-O-P-P-Y. You'll get notification as soon as tickets become available. May 11th, Beaver Freakin Stadium. I'll see you there. Now, let's get to the fish fries. Fish fries, of course, do come out of the tradition of Lenten fasting in the Catholic Church. Kind of. So let's start there. I learned about this as an adult. I converted to Catholicism as an adult in the 1990s. Not eating meat on Fridays and Ash Wednesday was seen as a sacrifice, honoring the death of Christ, which happened on a Friday. A good Catholic would eat eggs or cheese or vegetables or grains on Fridays. Or fish. Fish was okay because it was not considered meat because fish are cold-blooded. Or, you know, it was okay because the church said so. And it used to be every Friday, not just during Lent. That changed after Vatican II in 1966 for American Catholics. How the fish exemption came to be is the topic of one of the earliest conspiracy theories I remember hearing. It wasn't word of mouth, either. I read it in magazines and saw it again in the early days of the Internet. According to this supposedly true and actual story of how this happened, Some unnamed medieval pope had cut a deal with the fishmongers or Portuguese fishermen. It all depended on who was telling you the story. Sometimes the pope was moved by the hard times of a fisherman friend from his pre-poping days who was down on his luck because people weren't buying enough fish. And for some unspecified payoff, or to help out these failing fishers, the pope says, Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll say everyone has to eat fish on Friday. Easy peasy. And we'll throw in a lemon squeezy. Fish sales go through the roof. Everyone's happy. Except the pig farmers, I guess. But nobody ever talked about that. The only thing is, there's absolutely no evidence that this ever happened. Brian Fagan, an emeritus professor of archaeology at the University of California, Santa Barbara, wrote a book about Catholic fasting traditions called Fish on Friday. He said in an NPR interview that Many people have searched the Vatican archives on this, and they have found nothing. There is evidence that this kind of non-meat fasting first came about in the 1st century AD, when the vast majority of people didn't eat meat regularly anyway, so going without it was hardly a sacrifice. Instead, some church historians believe the idea was for everyone—the rich, the powerful, the religious hierarchy— to eat the meals of the poor to honor this Christ-like ideal. Well, maybe. Mostly, like a lot of other traditions, and not just religious traditions, the original idea behind it is somewhat obscure, and we carry on. To be honest, it's kind of like goose day. The origins are no longer as important as why we do it now. And what do we do? Well, I talked to a couple of people who actually do it. Pamela Callahan and Barry Pierce help run the fish fry at St. John the Evangelist in Belfont. I can tell you from repeated experience that it's a good one. I sat down with them last night to get this interview because they were too busy to fit it in at any other time. This is fresh stuff right off the wires. Grab a beer or a Coke or a glass of Central PA wine and enjoy. Hey, I'm at St. John the Evangelist in Belfont with Pam Callahan and Barry Pierce. They're the co-chairs of the fish fry dinner here. Greetings. Welcome.
1: Hello. Thanks for coming.
0: Oh, yeah. Thanks for talking. Um, Real simple. First things first. What are the days and hours for the fish fries? And particularly, do you have a good Friday dinner or not?
1: Well, we don't have a good Friday dinner. And the days of the fish fries
2: are Fridays during the season of Lent.
0: So all the Fridays. All the Fridays. Okay.
1: Except Good Friday. Except Except Good Friday. Friday.
0: Friday. Right.
2: And then the hours are from 4 to 7
0: hmm And is that dine in and takeout or
2: both. You can do either or there's no pre orders. Okay. Um, so when you get here, you, get you order the line at the table and, and you order and then you go through the line.
0: And and what is there to there. order?
2: So you can have a a meal, which is the uh, a choice of one of three proteins. So you have baked fish, fried fish, and the shrimp. Mm-hmm. Or you and uh, you get one of those. And then you have a choice of five sides. And the five sides are French fries, mac and cheese, coleslaw, applesauce, and stewed tomatoes. Okay. Those are your five sides. You can have three anyhow, any way you want them. Oh,
1: okay. Three of the five. Three of the five. Then she also has a la carte.
2: Yep. We have oh,
1: so adding one of those.
2: Well, yes. And then the <clears throat> a la carte items... Are not included with the meal, but if you want anything that's on the main meal as a side, then you can also purchase that as an additional side outside mm-hmm. of your three. And then the a la carte items are $4 for halushki, pierogies. Oh, yep.
0: Yeah, you're getting into the interesting stuff now.
2: <laughs> halushki, pierogies. Um, we do
0: hush puppies. Hush puppies. You Ooh. get
2: six hush puppies per serving.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then any of the other things that are already on the line Um, mac and cheese and french fries you can order for an additional four dollars if you want them extra Mm -hmm. um and then if you want any of the fish items they are seven dollars for an a la carte like to have extra and
0: And the meal outside of the meal the meal is 13
2: for adults and then for children i guess seven seven to twelve is six dollars And then anybody six and under is free
1: oh it also includes dessert and whatever yes (laughs) non-alcoholic beverage there you go we have
2: iced (laughs) tea lemonade coffee regular and decaf and then the desserts are uh, usually homemade desserts by the Catholic daughters um, but sometimes they just bring in a purchased something or other but they're donating desserts
0: right Right. Actually, I'm just going to jump right to that. I had that as a question farther down. Tell me more about the desserts. What kind of stuff do they bring in? (laughs) Well, Well, that's on her. I'm I'm going to jump ahead of the line here because I want to do that with dinner, too.
2: on the first and last Fridays that we do this, my husband makes baklava and um, lemon bars, which are quite popular. Um, and then we have one of the ladies in the church. She makes cho- uh, chocolate cake with peanut butter frosting. And Ed is one of the the staples of the fish fry. She makes every week. She brings them religiously. She makes three cakes. Wow. Um, and she cuts them up and has them ready to go. She brings them to the fish fry um, every year. She's religious about it, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. Um and so she, but that is one of the staples. But normally we have cookies, cupcakes. Um, some people mm. make different things. Like this week I'm going to make some chocolate-covered pretzels to oh. go on the table. Nice. Um, some people make brownies, cookies, cakes, whatever. They feel yeah. there's no require, uh Some people bring You don't fries. know until
0: you get here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That's kind of what I look forward to. On yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> How long has the church been doing this?
1: Oh, my. Um, No one remembers. No, no. We are, uh, you know, Pam and I are just following the footsteps of uh, parishioners that have been doing this at least as far back as 1990 that I know, because that's when I came into the community. Okay. Uh, So it's been going on forever. Uh, And the Catholic Daughters and the Knights of Columbus have kept it going. Uh, uh, The the church itself and the and Father have been great uh the school is open arms obviously they let us into their building right um, i mean so that's where we are right now yeah. we're in the kitchen yes. of the yeah. school. Mm-hmm. yeah they just do do a wonderful job and then you know the same with with, with us and the, the catholic but everything we do is charity and this community supports us whether it's the fish fry or bingo or uh you have your stitches whatever we do this community not only Belfont, but the surrounding towns and mm-hmm. State College, they just do a wonderful job supporting us. And, you know, hats off to them. Um, I mean, because they make it we work. We came
0: here because of a friend who lives in Port Matilda. They're like, you, you've got to come with us. And yeah. that's how we got here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And what is it, uh, just like generally, uh, funding the church, the charities, or is there a specific one? Or
1: no, there's not a specific one. We okay. take all sorts of requests. We give scholarships. I, and Pam can speak for for her for the Catholic daughters. I'm not as familiar as them, but we do scholarships to all the high schools, parochial and Catholic. Okay. Um, we obviously the food bank, and uh, we did a lot of things for the right of life, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's just. I, I, you know, I'm the treasurer for, for the Knights, and I know we did over $40,000 in charity last year. Uh, okay. Everything we do goes to charity. The yeah. same with the Catholic Daughters. I'm not familiar with all you guys' stuff, but they do a ton.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to make sure we, we got that in there because that's what this is all for. Like, I mean, we were talking earlier, and we were saying, you're not, you know, this isn't about overpricing or underpricing a restaurant, this is about making money to give to people who need it
1: right yeah right
0: yeah and also feeding people who who need it to some extent
2: yeah people come together they socialize they enjoy coming they look forward to the fish fries every year i know i do (laughs) and i'm working them but it's (laughs) but yeah we look forward to it because you see people you haven't seen a lot of the time and then usually when lent hits and the fish fries start people start to come out uh, after winter and you visit and you socialize so it's not just um raising money it's also bringing community together yeah so um, yeah
0: and you do see the same people every year right right so yeah and we the same have, people here
2: there's a when i worked at penn state many years ago there was a postman who worked at the post office on campus he retired and the first time i had seen him again since i left penn state and he retired was here at the fish fries so it's and he comes every year, yeah, so I mean, you get to know people, but also you see the people that you know you haven't seen in a while, yeah, but yeah, they,
1: then you just hope you can remember their name, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the hard part
0: I for mean, me
2: We serve so last week, our first week, we served three hundred and seventy six meals, roughly, Wow, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it, and it
0: all just comes together I mean, you don't have professionals involved in any way here, right? No, nope.
2: everybody's a volunteer, no. yeah.
0: How do you how do you pass on that how to do it piece? I learned
1: from volunteering myself and just watched them, and mm-hmm. um, they'll critique you. <laughs>
2: they're, they're not afraid to tell you where you're doing wrong. Okay.
1: I'm not going to say whether it's polite or not. Sure, but, uh, you get critiqued, um, and uh, yeah, it's just a it's a rite of passage, I guess. Uh, so it's all it's it's a lot of fun, and we really have a. I mean, it's hard work. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, you're on your feet all day long. Yes. But we have a lot of fun, um, you know, because there's, uh, there's no cameras and there's no microphones. <laughs> so Oops. You, just, no, you, ha- <laughs> you have a real good time. And, um, and, and again, you, you know, you're running up down these steps a million times, but it, you're just trying to make it nice and smooth. Yeah. And then um, she runs the show from upstairs. She's got her, wills, her cell phone, and then whatever they need. Oh, to. you're
0: up at the, yeah, I'm at up the front upstairs. door. Okay. Yeah.
2: No, I'm not She's on the, the front door. door. She's I'm on, the on the floor. Door. Oh, okay. So when okay. people are going through the line, um, I'm in the dining area and then the line. So when people come in through the door after they've paid, they come to the line. I'm observing the line and the dining room, and if they're running short of something on the line.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> My husband
2: and I... My husband is cooks um, down here, too, so uh-huh. he, him and I got together, and in order to make it easier, because it used to be the knights were running upstairs asking what we needed, or they'd come downstairs, or somebody would have to go somewhere to figure out, you know, can you tell the guys that I need this? And then somebody would come upstairs and say, oh, you're short on that, so then they'd go back downstairs, and they'd grab it, too, so then I'd have two coming upstairs. Right. Which is too much at yeah. one time.
1: Yeah, and we had to fine line that because people would be telling me and then be telling her and would be getting different different messages back and forth. Yeah, so. Um, so we made it very clear that everything goes through Pam upstairs. <laughs> she'll bring it downstairs and I'll handle everything downstairs. And if we have an issue or if there's a concern, I'll run up to her. She'll come down to me. And that way everybody knows
0: you, you don't talk, tell to him. talk to this person Right. You need to yeah. speak to
1: Pam, or you need to speak to Barry, and we'll get it together. Yeah, but to me, that definitely <laughs> sounds like something that needs to be handed on to the next generation too. Well, the
2: streamlining of of it so that we don't have so much miscommunication is if I need something upstairs, I will send a text message to my husband. My husband says Pam needs. Yeah. And the guys bring it up. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, okay. We just love
2: it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have said they like it. but
1: No, it is it is good. It, uh, oh, yeah. The problem is if we we miss something. I mean, you just can't put fish on in three minutes, it's there. Right. People are waiting in line. Right. With, right. Uh, yes. You know, the hard part is, and we're still a work in progress, um, we, since we only have two fryers. Um, and you know, shrimp has to be all by itself. You can't do anything else with yeah. shrimp. Though Those fryers need to go just for shrimp. So, yeah, Yeah, and, uh, you know, the the biggest thing that will knock a line down is French fries. Yes. People go through French fries. Uh Um, We went through 60 pounds. It's the first time we're going through 60 pounds of French fries. So so I had to order three cases this week. Well, that's not going to happen. That was one of the (laughs) things
0: I did want to ask. Is is it the same sides every year? I mean, is that pretty much set?
1: Yes, yes. Yes. we cup them like McDonald's. You put them in the yeah. sleeves. So yeah, everything is the same. Uh, we have a, uh Our wholesale uh, out of uh, Harrisburg. Uh, Rachel Kerstetter is the uh, the sales lady in this area. She's just great. They work with us. Their their products are excellent. Well, you've been to our fish fries. But yeah, that, that is yeah. a nice piece of fish. It's yep. Like holy moly, um, and their prices are extremely reasonable. We sit down, and I'll go over the price list with Pam, uh, and, the, and the committee It's okay, here, this is what this costs at Sam's. This is what this costs from the – to keep it so so we can have a price that um, is family-friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not we, – we just want people to come and enjoy themselves and be able to afford it and not price anybody out. So right. hopefully uh, – this is two years in a row we've kept it. Three it was twelve dollars. We went to thirteen last year. We kept it at thirteen this year. Still holding the line. Mm-hmm. Holding the line. Yeah. And, um. The, the paper products actually have gone down, so oh. it kind of evened itself out. Yeah, it was, they got
0: a little crazy for a while. They did. Yeah. The
1: paper products, uh, oil. Uh, it seems to be stabilized, and if we can hold the fort and um, encourage people to, to come and uh, solicit what we're doing, that's great.
0: Now, you, you both belong to organizations that are bigger than just this parish. Is there communication? Do you guys talk about this? Lock Haven Parish
1: does a fish fry. So, yeah, I've talked to them. Uh, I sent them our menu, and okay. they were like, are you kidding <laughs> Uh, and not only there's Catholic churches. I've talked to, to the other denominations. Mm-hmm. Um, Explain to them how we do it. It's, it's, there's no secret to it. So, uh, but I think there's not too many people doing fish fries anymore. No. Um, I don't think I know State College doesn't do one. I know Lock Haven does. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for Phillipsburg or Snowshoe. Um, I think there's another parish. In this general area, that does, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, it seems to be a, still a bunch down around Altoona. Well, Altoona, Tyrone, Well, the yeah. diocese is there. so yeah. that's yeah. Uh, we'll push it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, it's just um, it's just a larger group of, of uh, you know, a larger group of Catholics. Yeah. And, and it's something uh, the Catholic daughters and knights have done as a joint venture everywhere. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the community thing is, is just great. Do you do any other dinners during the year? Or is it just fish fries during, during Lent?
1: No, we do um, we do a free Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, nice. Um, up, that's at the, the Knights of Columbus Hall. Um,
0: oh, over on the hill? Yeah, it's yeah over on, yeah, yeah. Uh, over on, Stony, on Batter? Stony
1: Batter. We may do a spaghetti dinner. We do a soup and salad uh, every October. Um, we do a soup sale.
0: Um, and you do some breakfast too. Right?
1: We do a breakfast every month. Uh, that uh, yeah,
0: I've been to that too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we just had one. It's the third Saturday of the month. Okay. Um, so we try to keep active, mm-hmm. and uh, people enjoy it as long as they enjoy it, and it, it uh, we can do it. That that's fine. That's fine.
2: For us, we're usually um, we do baby shower bingos for our fundraisers. Oh, okay, yeah. And this year, we're uh, our donations are going to be going to uh, the needy families or a fund that the parish has. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people will show up to the rectory office looking for help. Yeah. Um, and if father has the ability, then he'll give it and he doesn't um, necessarily, doesn't matter who you are. Right. Like, or what, if you're
0: what you need is
2: denomination or whatever yeah if you're in need of something and he has the ability to provide some assistance he he will and that's why we're doing yeah. this because yeah. he gives father brian's to, got a big
1: heart he does <laughs>
2: so we really appreciate all the volunteers that Very good. um come to help put this together all the knights um all the catholic daughters and now there's even uh people just from the parish in general just jumping in just asking if they can help and where they can you know where can you put me where can i help you so i just want to make sure we thank all of our volunteers for all the time and effort they give out
0: so it makes it happen Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that's That's great thanks pam appreciate it okay thank you barry nice meeting you take care well i can't lie after editing that interview i cannot wait till friday love me some fish fry I've got a couple more interesting fish fry side stories for you. One of the weirder ones is a medieval Catholic story about Lenten fasting that's actually true. It's about a goose, the barnacle goose, a shore-dwelling black goose native to Ireland and Scotland. Irish and Welsh monks somehow managed to convince themselves that this goose grew from barnacles attached to driftwood, and was therefore okay to eat during Lent. All right, the goose does have a somewhat barnacle-like neck and migrates to Greenland to nest and raise the goslings, so the monks never actually saw them lay eggs. But you got to believe that mostly, they just wanted some roast goose. This practice actually lasted for about 150 years until a bishop in the, uh, wow, 11th century, I think it was, finally said, yeah, guys, no, it's a goose. There are other non-fish meats that are allowed. Frog's legs, for instance, are okay. And chicken's eggs and cow's cheese are animal products that are okay. And in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, yes, you can have alligator on Fridays. You know, if you look at our fish fries, breaded and fried white fish, potatoes, it does look a lot like the British staple fish and chips. Funny thing is, battered fried fish is believed to have been brought to England in the 1600s by Sephardic Jews, cooking a traditional Spanish meal of pescado frito. Something like chips are mentioned in the Cook's Oracle, an 1817 cookbook. They are believed to have first come together in the 1860s, and they almost immediately became universal. And then there's a whole separate Black American fish fry tradition that goes along with barbecue as cheap food made good and becoming a community event. Barbecue was a way to make delicious food from cuts the better-off folks didn't want, and anyone with a line in the pole could catch a fish dinner. Funny thing is, when Catholic fasting started to drive the sales at the fish market, black fish fries became a Friday tradition too, because the Catholics drove the market. Tell you, it turns out I had no idea how American fish fries are. Friday fish fries are offered by many restaurants. There are many restaurants in the upper Midwest that offer them year-round. If I'm in Madison, Wisconsin on a Friday night, I guarantee you're going to find me at the Old Fashioned, right across from the Capitol Building, drinking local draft beer and eating walleye. Around here, well, you can get a fish fry at York Hollow Brew Pub in Mansfield, at DJ's Cafe in Tyrone, at the Brown Dog in Phillipsburg, or the Beaver Street Cafe in Hastings, and other places. And that's all good, but most times... I want that fire company, church basement, Legion Hall fish fry experience. But where are your local fish fries? How do you locate a fish fry when you're out in the road? Or if you just want to find far-flung fish fries for fun? After reading an article about an interactive fish fry map for the Pittsburgh area, I think it's high time for an interactive fish fry map for Central PA. We need coders to cooperate with the fire halls, the Altoona, Johnstown, Erie, and Harrisburg dioceses, and the legions and VFWs to create a grand fish fry map spanning the center of the state. What a great idea. Or, you know, keep doing it the same way it's always been done, with signs by the roadside, word of mouth, and AM radio. You gotta believe that if you want fish fry, you're gonna find fish fry. There is help. The Altoona Johnstown and Harrisburg Diocese have online guides to the parishes doing regular fish fries. W-T-A-J in Altoona has a list that they've promised to update as they find more fish fries, and my friend Sue Glider is once again doing a Harrisburg area list for Penn Live. I'll have all those links on the Facebook page and in the show notes. It's fish fry time, folks. I do have a short Lockhaven follow-up for you. Way back in episode 10, almost a year ago, I had to make some choices about which places I was going to visit in Lockhaven for the show. One of those choices was to overlook, for the time being, what people told me were the two best places in town for cocktails, Stella A's and the Main Street Grill. I promised I'd get back to them because I wanted to visit the Piper Museum and a couple other places in town. Well, last week was my birthday, and my son and his partner visited from Philly, so I suggested that we could go to Lockhaven Saturday night and try out the Main Street Grill. MSG is an old-school bar and grill. There's a bar, which dominates the space, and there are tables, and the kitchen's kind of open in the back. It was warm and busy, and rang with cheerful conversation that was unstunted by the big-screen basketball game. Kathy got an orange cranberry mule, Chade got an espresso martini beautifully done. Tom and I got beers. There were only two draft beers, one I wasn't interested in, the other was Bell's Hop Slam, a 10% bruiser that I didn't really want to start the evening with. So I had a can of trogue's Perpetual IPA and relaxed. It had been a cold and snowy drive, which is maybe why we all opted for a cup of soup. I got the stuffed pepper, everyone else got lobster crab bisque. My soup was so good that I'm definitely going to try making some of my own, a rich tomato broth, soft and flavorful strips of pepper, and good spoonfuls of rice. The bisque was full-bodied and chunky with pieces of shellfish. For our mains, Kathy got shrimp and grits, Sade got the house royal scallops, grilled scallops topped with crab meat, and Thomas got a gridlock salad, a Pittsburghish bowl of greens with grilled chicken and french fries on top. I got the Hawaiian glazed salmon, which came with a good portion of steamed broccoli and a very cheesy risotto. The glaze was pineapple habanero, and it was, as advertised, sweet and tangy with a long, slow burn. The salmon itself was excellent, good flake, and seared crisply, but not overdone. My only real complaint was that there probably could have been about half as much of the glaze. I scraped some off so I could savor the fish. We were all very pleased with our meals, and the cocktails were indeed quite good. Main Street Grill was friendly and warm, and definitely worth a stop. Lock Haven continues to captivate. That's the show. Thanks to Pamela Callahan and Barry Pierce for talking to me during the height of fish fry season. I know I'll see them again, because that St. John's fish fry is a regular for us. In fact, we're going to go there tomorrow, so the pictures for this episode will be a day late. As always, you can see those episode-related pics on Instagram at Stag Podcast and on Facebook at Seen Through a Glass. If you're listening to the show on the radio at WSOV, there are over 30 more episodes to enjoy, including a Milheim episode and a Nittany Valley episode at com, That's podbean, podbea com, Or you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to toss a bit in my hat to keep the show going, I have a coffee button in my Instagram link tree. That's at Stag Podcast and at the Facebook page. Coffee, it's K-O-F-I, is an easy way to drop me a few bucks online to help keep this going. And if you've already donated, thank you. Despite what you might think, what you may have been told, Pennsylvania is not named for William Penn. As a Quaker, he thought that would be prideful. It's actually named for his father, who was also named William Penn. And I'll make this stuff up. I just report it. The next episode is already done. Let's see, I wasn't completely sure that this interview would happen in time, so I prepped a town profile on Mansfield up in Tioga County and interviewed Jared York at York Hollow Brewery. You'll get that in two weeks. Well, unless you're getting it today. In which case, I guess you'll get the fish fry episode in two weeks. Until then, thanks for listening. This is Lou Bryson on Seen Through a Glass from the smack dab center of the Keystone State.